you have reached a phone call from Paul. A Literary Hub podcast. To hear more, visit lithub.com. Paul Holden Graber's conversation with William Merwin. Hello? Hello, could I please speak with William Merwin? Paul, just a minute. I'll put him right on. Thank you so much, Paula. You're welcome. Paul. William. It is... Oh, it is so wonderful to, to speak with you. I am, I'm, I'm really delighted. And how long has it, has it been since our last interview? You know, it was so many years ago, um, I can't quite remember. When did you become Poet Laureate? 19... Oh, wait a minute, uh, 2010, I think it was. 2010, and you, and you stopped on your way to Washington from Hawaii in New York, and we had that, that conversation that has stayed with me forever. And I remember one moment in that conversation that actually has been a life lesson where I told you, I admitted to you, I confessed to you that I didn't read very much poetry. And you said to me, you know, Paul, you have it wrong. You should not read poetry. You should read poems. (laughs) That's good. It is good, and it is you. What, What do you think you meant? I think that uh, you should read them one at a time, pay attention to them, not to what you ought to be doing. And uh, I think it's terribly reading poetry or anything else, really, because you ought to. We, we, we grew up that way, and we ought to have outgrown it by now, don't you think? We, we ought to have grown it, grown out of it, and, and yet one, one feels uh, the kind of the pressure of... of um, I don't know if it's a pressure of culture or the pressure of not doing what we used to do. We used to read poetry, so we feel we should read poetry, when in fact we we should read what gives us pleasure, what we have an appetite for. Absolutely, and I I do. I read poetry all the time because it's what uh, gives me greatest pleasure. And and I think what what you did in the process of telling me that is... You freed me. And I remember you saying, you know, the reason also you should not read poetry but read poems is because however busy you may be, you will always have enough time to to read a poem. To read what you want to, yes. And and I think that, that was the, the, the lesson I, I learned then. And tell me, William, what what are you? What did I interrupt today in in your day? What what have you been doing? Oh, uh, very little. I'm getting, uh, believe it or not, I'm getting older, and uh, um, uh, the uh, some somebody in, in an audience was asking these very questions that you've been talking about some years ago, and uh, they said, "How how should we know what to read?" I said. Read what you want to. Uh, if you like to read Hallmark greeting cards, read lots of Hallmark greeting cards. Um, you, I don't imagine you'll stay with it for very long, but um, you'll, you'll get on to something else. Because, for me at least, 
poetry since I was four years old is the sound of poetry, the sound of the King James Version of the Bible, things, things like that, have been uh, part of the real pleasure and freedom of my life. But the, the King James Version of the Bible came to you because of your, your father, I imagine. My father, yeah. And, 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 and how did he bring this into your life so that it mattered to you? Because I find that it isn't because we necessarily love something that it, we pass it on to our children. Yeah. Well, he didn't pay much attention to me. And he, oh, you know, you would allow me to come down with him to the church a block away and uh, listen to him read over the, rehearse the, the, uh, the Psalms and things for the coming week. And uh, he read uh, the sixth chapter of the book of Isaiah, and I was so taken by the sound of the language that I thought, I have to, I memorized it just on hearing it, and I thought, I have to find out more language like that, because that's, that's, that's what, that's what, I mean, I, I really want that to be part of my life. So it was it was the sound it was the sound of it that first struck you. Yeah. Perhaps even more than the meaning. Uh yes. Well, yes. No. Yes, yes and no, right? Yeah, because the meaning was in it. Um uh, I was, you know, very young and my father read this passage from Isaiah uh where and the sixth book of Isaiah he uh, he says uh, he was in the in, uh, in the year the king Isaiah died. I saw the Lord high and lifted up on his on his throne, and his train filled the temple. And with him were the cherubim, and each had six six wings. With with twain they covered his face. With twain they covered his feet. And with twain they did fly. And, uh, and, uh, an angel went down to the altar and, uh, took a, took a live coal from the altar and laid it on, um, uh, laid it on my lips and said, prophesy. And I said, how can I prophesy? I'm a man of unclean thoughts and I come from a people of unclean thoughts. He said, prophesy. And that was where the whole thing began. And, and, but, yeah. and, and William, is, is all of this in, in your mind and by heart? Yeah, I never lost that. And, um, and it's always been with me. And it was part of my, my life in, in the university. Students, it was always there. Do, do, do you at at this stage in in your life do you do you recite poetry to yourself by heart? Oh yeah, mm -hmm. so for pleasure. Um, and uh, what 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 poem recently has kept you company? Uh, well, many of them are translations uh, because found uh, I read found when I was eighteen. Yes. And, uh, I was just stricken by the power of his language. And uh, so I, that, that spring, I went down to, uh, to stay with some friends in Washington, 
and uh, asked if I could go over and visit him in the psycho ward, and they, they said he, he would welcome you. And I went over and he said, he took me seriously. And he said, uh, if, you, if you want to be a poet, you have to take yourself seriously. And he said, that means you, you read it every day for pleasure, and uh, you never stop. And, um, and I thought, well, that's, and he said, uh, you know, if you're, that, will be, that will be part of your life from now, from there on. And uh, he was, yeah, he was crazy. And uh, he was all those things. But he did, he did give me some really good advice. And uh, I never forgot it. And, and what was that advice quite exactly? Oh, to read what I wanted to. And to learn how to, to translate also. Yeah. <clears throat> so in, in a sense, he, he, he admonished you or told you firmly that you had to learn how to read, yeah. read slowly. I, did, I had to do what I wanted to do, which, is, which was not the way I was brought up. <clears throat> I think very few, few people get that gift. Um, the gift of you know follow follow what gives you what gives you pleasure and learn how to read slowly. Yes, oh yes, that's very important. And you, you know there have been other poets, <coughs> uh, really great friends of mine, uh, who uh, who had the same did it the same way. Um, um, who in particular? Sylvia Plath and uh, and uh, her husband, um, Ted Hughes. We used to take walks around London, and uh, they they read that way, and uh, so in a way, I never lost it. Are you are you worried uh, in any form or fashion that we're losing that way of reading? We are open to something keeps it, yeah, something that keeps us open to it all our lives if we let it. Um, if uh, the, the most important part of, of, of that comment of yours for me is if we let it, that's right. If you, you know, because you, if you're, you really think you ought to be making money and doing any of these things, um. It's going to be a distraction. That itself is going to be a distraction. You know, William, I, I read a line t um, recently by a songwriter I deeply admire in, in America, Tom Waits. Mm -hmm. um, and he said something that made me think of you. He said, the world is a hellish place. And bad writing is destroying the quality of our suffering. That's marvelous. That's just uh, certainly true. <laughs> we're, not, we're not even trusting our own words. <laughs> and I think that, I mean, I, I'm, I'm glad you respond that way, because in a way, 
if we if we don't have the words to express our sorrow, we are again not letting in the fullness of what it means to grieve, what it means to lose, what it means to to feel that we we might not have what we once upon a time had. And 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 thinking about that in that way, I I must tell you your your most recent book, Garden Time, is just exquisite. I, I I'm so glad to hear oh, that. I, I, I just love it. I just love it because, in a way, it it speaks about all the things that vanish from our life, but it speaks about it nearly as if you were discovering it for the first time. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, now, I, I should be quoting you. No, 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 no. We, we, we can quote each other, but it made me think of that, that wonderful line of, of Kierkegaard, where he says that the goal is to arrive at immediacy after reflection. And in a way, this is what, what I think is so strong in garden time, is the kind of freshness. And this freshness is, is I, I imagine it is, it is hard won. And I'm wondering how you, how you, if you can say how you have come upon feeling that the world is new. Even, I even think, it, think I've been looking for that all my life, um, and uh, and sometimes I found it, and really, really, I was wasn't ever very far away from it, um, and uh, I've been, I think I've been very lucky. I've I've, I've had a long and uh, and happy life, and, and with uh, with. Uh, you know, not not cluttered up and um, uh, but a very simple life. Living in, I mean, the house in which I'm speaking to is one that I designed and built myself thirty some years ago. In 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 Hawaii, in Maui. Hawaii, yeah, and um, it's a it's a great pleasure to be here, and uh, and. Uh, so I think I think I'm extremely lucky. Of what what that means, I simply don't know. Oh, I mean, where does luck where does luck and where does happiness come from? As an ability to accept them, I guess, for one thing. Um, you know, one 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 poem I I I particularly love in in Garden Time is a poem called "The Sound of Forgetting." Yes. It is just extraordinary. It struck me so powerfully, those lines, while the rain fell all around us, I listened to you breathing. I wanted to remember the sound of your breath, but we lay there forgetting. Yeah. Yes. Well, you know who that's about. <laughs> I do know who that's about. And and I, and it is an, an extraordinary way of... of of talking about love without using that word. Yes. Well, there's a, there, there's a there's another related poem from an earlier book uh, that does it touches on the same thing. It says that let me imagine that we will come again uh, in our lifetime and when we want to, and it will be spring. And so on. This is, you know, the, that's. I think that's part of 
poetry too. Um, imagining these, these impossible things that uh, uh, we, if we believe in them, uh, if we believe in ourselves, because if we believe in what's been given to us, they stay with us. You know, it. it um, what you just said reminded me of a line that was very important to me when I was maybe 15 or 16. Baudelaire once said that even if God didn't exist, it wouldn't be enough of a reason not to believe in him. <laughs> oh, wasn't he wonderful? Isn't it? Wasn't he wonderful? Um, you know, Lowell loved, uh, loved Baudelaire, too. Uh, we used to talk about about uh, about Baudelaire. Uh, and, uh, you know, there are poems that you have to repeat them in the original, too. You can't repeat them in translation. Because, uh, you know, c'est servant au grand cœur dont vous étiez jalouse. This, this, that, that servant woman with a great heart uh, of whom you were always jealous. Well, boy, what he's got in those two or three lines, it's, it's just amazing, isn't it? That's why Baudelaire is a great poet. Um, you, you, there's nothing you can take away from it. Well, there's nothing you can take away from it and there's nothing you can add. No. Which, which seems to be very much the condition of why poetry matters so much, is that when it, when it is excellent, it, it just feels full, however, however brief or long a poem may be. And uh, another poem I, I so much love of yours in, in, in this new book is Summer Sky and Rain at Daybreak. Rain at Daybreak, I'll just read it quickly. One at a time the drops find their own leaves, then others follow as the story spreads. They arrive unseen among the walking doves, the waking doves, who answer from the sleep of the valley. There is no other voice or other time. That's, that's, that's good. I'm glad I wrote that. I'm, I'm glad you wrote that too, and that... that that last line, which, I mean, is really haunting. There is no other voice or other time. Yeah, it's just this. Just, just this. Um, nothing more, nothing less. No, and, and it's always there. But we're not always aware of it. Well, that's, that's our, our tough luck. We, <laughs> it's it's a treasure, and and uh, when we dis when we discover it, we won't lose it again. My mother, before she died, um, which happened three years ago, mm -hmm. kept saying to me something that, in 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 a, in a sense, you 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 prepared me for what she what she so much missed in her last few weeks of life on this earth, she kept saying that what she would, what she missed most were trees. Oh. And, you know, I remember when we spoke, we, we, we spoke about, I think that poem is simply called Trees. Yes, it, I think it is. You're not the first person who's, uh, uh, who's mentioned that, and strangely enough, the, there, there have been several new wonderful books about trees. 
yes, and yes. They're connected to everything. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say. I mean, there's this German writer whose name I'm forgetting now, and I I spoke with Margaret Atwood not long ago on a phone call from Paul, and and she said, well, you and I think I I, I read to her that that line that of course anybody who knows you just can't say enough where I think it's your, your poem place where you write on the last day of the world I would want to plant a tree and I remember mentioning this to Margaret Atwood and she she said to me just what you said there's a, a marvelous new book by a, a German writer on on trees which you must read I haven't yet read it and I'm just wondering wh- what is it about trees William what is it that they're, they're a kind of life that uh, it's, it's incredibly ancient. You know, people say, why palms? And I say, palms are 90 million years old, and we don't know anything about them. And uh, you know, all, all you have to do is just pay a little attention to them, and you're, you're learning from them all the time. And uh, it's, uh, you, it's, you should be feeling a great pleasure in being alive. The uh, the trees have have these connections in the, between the roots and leaves, but the but uh, what the, the drop of rain that lands on a leaf of a tree is not the same as as the drop that later falls down into the ground, and uh, uh, there's so much about it that we don't understand, and we don't have to understand it. It's not about understanding. It's about it's about our 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 one life, our one our one and only life. And that reminds me also of that other poem we read, which which I I felt so such kindredness, which I think is called Native Trees, which yes. is precisely not about your your father and mother not knowing the names of trees. Yeah. And not paying attention, not knowing, not knowing anything, never having paid attention to these things. Um, and and yeah. and in not paying attention, a lot is lost. Well, I think I think attention is one of the one of the very main things. Do you know that this this line by Simone Weil, where she says that attention is a form of prayer? Yeah. And it strikes me as. Yeah, so, wasn't she yeah, so so deeply important, William. I don't I don't want to leave to to keep you too long on on the phone, and at the same time I don't want to leave you. But I'd I'd be I'd be eager to know what what poems have mattered most to you, and what poems you recite in your mind, and if there is one or two poems you might be willing to recite from memory. I know you... Oh, you mean mine or somebody else's? Why don't we do one of each? Um, whatever comes to your mind, whatever, whatever, whatever offers you solace or inspiration or, or something else. Um, let's see, there's one that I, I think of often because it's... It's about so many, so many aspects of my life. Uh, I think. Uh, I think. Uh, let me imagine that we will come again, if when we want to. 
and it will be spring. And I said, the worn griefs will have vanished like the early cloud, to which the morning comes to, comes to itself slowly, bearing uh, the faded the colors of the, the washed colors of the afterlife. Uh, and uh, I don't even remember the whole thing, but the, the, that's, that was a poem that I know sums up a whole way of looking at it for me. Um, and uh, I think I think I think one has to have some feeling um, um, which is often almost lost in our day and age. Uh, that, uh, um, that uh, the 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 that that aspect of uh, of things being, you come into things again and again for the first time. Um, which is what we spoke about earlier on, which is in, in reading Garden Time, one, one really has the impression that you you have just come upon something that you've known for a very long time. Yes, exactly, exactly. Yes, you said it. That's well, you said the, you you said uh, you said it really, and I just read read it, um, and it struck me as as so powerfully. You know, I I recently had occasion to speak to Adam Phillips, and he, I, I told him that I would have the great pleasure of 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 speaking to you, and he sends you over the ocean, over many oceans, his warm 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 regards. And when I asked him. What should I ask William? He said, ask him about the ending of his poems. <laughs> yes, you know, I want, to, I want them to have, a, I want one to have a feeling that they wrote themselves. Well, how beautiful that is. William, it's, it's such a pleasure to speak to you, and I, I hope to speak to you again. And Paula, thank you so much for arranging this, and... I send you both my love, and um, and I will... I'll, I'll pass you back, and you can say goodbye to her. Please, please do. Woody? You all done? Yeah. It's awesome. Just say goodbye. Paula. Oh. Paula, I just, want, I, I just wanted uh, to say that... Enough? Did you get what you wanted? I... I um, don't know that I wanted something in particular, but I got much more than I could ever had ho have hoped for. Wonderful. And um, so I just wanted to thank you and and um, reading these poems, particularly most recently, Garden Time. I I feel that I I see you in every page. Well, it's a lovely book, and it seems miraculous that. Uh... It's 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 so good. <laughs> it's well, it's it's so good and so inspired. And uh, we spoke about it, and William will tell you a little bit. But he was so beautiful, and I I just wanted to thank you and hope to speak to you again. And thank you so I hope much. So too, Paul. And and send my love to to William and mine to you. Same to you. Bye bye. Thank you. I'm glad you did it. Bye bye. Thank you.